Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Um, we are with Sarah Page, whose background is in psychology, sociology, anthropology. She's a researcher and also runs her own yoga practice. Um, today we're going to be talking about the concept of self and how that can be a limitation and how we can um, look to work with it and understand it and see how it ultimately a further understanding can improve the quality of our life. Thanks for joining us today. Um, so this sort of notion of self can, a conversation can kind of go in all sorts of directions, but initially I wanted just to touch on some of the practical um, frustrations people might have, you certainly I have, when, when I'm sort of stuck in self. Um, and for me, there's this, when, yeah, my, whether I've been born to kind of, um, within my human self, been born to kind of be wired just to think about self. But often when I wake up, first thing in the morning is kind of like, how can I help myself? And um, how can my whole, my thoughts and my actions and my emotions and my, my <clears throat> computations throughout the day, how can it further myself? And often when I'm stuck in that place, my experience is, is, is mediocre and I can get some mm. stuff done. And, 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 but it's, I never reach that kind of optimal experience or higher level of consciousness or that space and that freedom that I know comes with um, when self is surrendered somewhat. Mm. And I'm able to kind of be moment to moment present in that moment with with a, a sense of freedom mm. rather than all the agendas of self and, and so forth and a lot of us nowadays we spend <clears throat> so much time generating stuff you know whether that's creating our self-image whether that's putting photos up because we want other people to see what we're doing and and, and affirm or reflect our, our self-image or um or you know maybe we've we've got a particular desire for what we want to look like what we want to achieve what we want to happen and there's a kind of a paradox with optimal experience that the more we surrender self the more we um, allow um, we we get out of our own way and we allow our actions to unfold in the moment we allow we allow life to unfold um, our quality of experience rises so and i've touched on a, a few loaded subjects, but it'd be great to get your opinion on um, how you think initially, how you think self can be uh, a limitation. Mm. Yeah, there's so much in, within that. I think some days you do wake up with a really heavy kind of energy that limits the experience to the physical survival kind of mode of like what is my day going to entail you know um and this survival mechanism of the self is to protect the self right to be able to survive in the day-to-day -day. so this is tied up with the ego that is about how am I going to get through how am I going to get the food I need the water I need the the safety, the security to feel okay just to get through. And some days I feel like for whatever reasons, we can all probably relate to different reasons why, but we we, we wake up and we have that bigger sense of like, oh, 
so much to do. How am I going to get through? And then I believe, I feel from my own experience and watching myself and working with people is that through our own experiences of life and our own conditioning that's happened, we've, we've built in mechanisms that help us to feel safe and so we can survive. And those mechanisms can also be very limiting. So, for example, we might, you know, be afraid to um, put ourselves into a, a situation that is unknown, so something that's new or a change that's going to happen in our lives and we feel afraid because we think I'm not good enough for that or self-doubt comes in or worry or fear comes in and that comes usually from some kind of conditioning from from our past from that's still with us and that conditioning is what I think we have to get more and more aware of in ourselves so where is the fear coming from where is the doubt coming from where are these mechanisms that are in place to ultimately help us survive and get through which is kind of helpful but at the same time can also be really really unhelpful so the ideal situation is that our awareness develops so we can see these mechanisms that are in place our conditioning and then discern what is helpful what's not helpful so what can I you know continue to utilize to help me and what stuff do I actually just need to let go of to, to free me up so I can actually step into those spaces without that doubt, fear, or whatever. Mm. Yeah, and, and, you know, picking up on that doubt and fear, certainly in my own experience, my doubt and fear is at its greatest when myself is at its strongest. Mm. You know, there's a kind of a, a lack of trust either within the moment or my own actions or within lack of trust with my mind and body um, and I'm trying to kind of grip the experience or engineer an outcome a predetermined outcome that um, you know that that I might have predetermined and 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 that's and the fear of not having that kind of seeps in the background and my consciousness starts to become fueled with emotions and thoughts and, and subsequent actions surrounding that mm. and as a basis as an origin of, of those thoughts and actions is, is, is fear. Mm. Um, you know, and I imagine there'll be a lot of people saying, and I hear all the time that, yeah, but that you need to be disciplined and make stuff happen and, and, uh, and, you know, be driven. And, and because if you want to move forwards and, and advance ourselves, you know, that can help. Mm. And yeah, I often refer to this sort of feeling of, um, you know, we can live life, in either feeling like things are happening to me in a kind mm. of disempowered way, mm. or we can become more empowered and we kind of, um, things are happening by me, mm. I'm making things happen. Mm. But then there's another experience where things are happening through me, mm. where we, we become more of a, um, a, a, a conduit that trusts that whatever um, is going to happen, we're going to trust our 
greatest abilities in that moment to to make the decision that needs to be made or to make the action that needs to be made mm. and and often when you know it takes over the years it's taken me a lot of trust and faith to trust that last segment you know and I've often been stuck in the in the by me scenario and and making things happen Mm. but then I always have a slightly dissatisfied feeling at the end of it I might have achieved something amazing and then got to the top and kind of go what next or Mm. doesn't feel as enriching as I thought it was going to feel like and uh, so there's this kind of dissatisfaction you know we can have huge areas of where self can be really inhibiting but ultimately, as a, as human beings, we have a, a limited capacity for attention. We have a limited capacity for cognition in the moment. And the more our attention and bandwidth is on that self, the more um, the more kind of um, the less opportunity we have in the moment mm. for for richer things. Mm. Yeah, I really feel that our you know, picking up on what you're saying about, you know, our, our society, our Western culture, our dominant culture here where we are, um, is really geared towards that, you know, success and striving for achievement in a very linear fashion. So it's always looking down this linear path of progression being something that continues to get bigger, better, brighter, newer, more successful. And we, we, as we grow up in this space, that's something that's highly, highly valued. And so we, our, our self, our person self, personality self, ego self, is driven to succeed in that fashion where it's like we've got to keep doing more and better and bigger to get somewhere and to feel like we are something. And the yoga asks us to actually flip that completely around in a lot of ways and and to realize that progression is also about regression and coming back to your foundations and, you know, coming back into what's really important and what's really, you know, what's really driving you so that our focus is not just external anymore. So that striving outward for more and more and more we're never going to be satisfied it's just that like you're saying you know kind of get to that point and it's like yeah but now I need more it needs to be more because so externally focused um when the balance of realizing you know some of the 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 limitations of self person self um and I'm just gonna just a side note with person self what I what I'd like to just share is that my understanding of the word self is that we have this kind of dense 3D self that's in a body and we have our mind and, and that's made up of the ego and made up of our personality, if you like, our identity as as being in the world. And in the yoga, we also speak of self as a higher self, a consciousness self. So if I refer to those in that way, I just want to kind of clarify, clarify that that point. But so in our person self, if we can accept and see the limitations of that part of ourselves, that allows us to um, to 
to release this external focus and striving for more and to come in and accept and, and to really feel the embodied experience of what you're doing, to really assess why you're doing it, what's important to you, what's your purpose, what's your intention, etc. So essentially where are you coming from? Um, it really shifts, it shifts the focus. So the lens is not just outward, it's also the inward. And so that, like you were talking about, you know, it's not just life happening to you, you're also the agent in this, creating. Um, and then, as I'm sure we're going to move into this, then the other part to it where life, you know, is flowing through. Now, how do you recognise when you're, you know, what are sort of obvious signs for you that you're stuck in a, uh, a self that's inhibiting your experience? Mm. Definitely questioning. You know, if I'm like, really questioning is this good enough is it right enough have I done it perfect enough it's always these questions of enough um shoulds and oughts to's those questions like should be doing more should be more successful um I ought to etc so I find those questions that sure signs that I'm not in that state of alignment and flow with life I'm, I'm kind of in that place of doubting and questioning, which I've come to accept as being helpful as well. You know, it's that that survival thing as well of like, okay, rather than questioning myself worth, you know, and going, am I actually worthy enough of this and good enough for this? Um, I try to turn those questions around and, and ask myself, am I aligned with my truth right now? Is this aligned with my core values and am I being authentic? So I try to switch those questions around, but definitely the questioning. And then, you know, that's, I feel a lot physically. So when I feel heavier in my body, when there's more aches and pains, when I'm tired and feeling lethargic, um, because I feel that the self is a much denser energy. It's, you know, it's this, physical manifested self so when you feel those parts of your body and parts of your mind um, heavier or you know really intense lots of thinking or lots of ruminating over all the possible scenarios that could play out that kind of thing I feel like okay I'm, I'm stuck in a bit of a, a I'm stuck I'm in this pattern of of like yeah, stuckness and limitation. Um, yeah, does that answer that? Yeah. yeah. And I, I think just to pick up on, um, you know, what what, what is self? Mm -hmm. um, you know, because there's so much um, ambiguity there and uh, and so many opportunities there. And, mm -hmm. and in terms of when we're experiencing flow and in an optimal experience, there's there seems to be a surrendering of self. There's a loss of self-consciousness or there's a loss of reflective self-consciousness where we're, um, Csikszentmihalyi um, often describes uh, self in, in, in terms of mind self, in terms of uh, there's the, the me's me, as in me, and my image and look at me and me, stuff around me, and then there's the I which is more of the kind of volition or the, um, 
the more um, people will have different words for it, spirit or true self or, um, yeah, or you could call it unconscious drives as well or, um, you know, psychology would divvy that up differently. Mm. You know, and then we've got different types of self. You know, we've got our physical self and, and then we've got our memories, you know, and uh, is, is who I am just a collection of my memories or mm-hmm. is who am I my sort of physical muscle and my tissue or, you know, who, who is who I am a, a, a vessel, you know, that, and in there is consciousness and emotions and thoughts and sensations and, um, and you know, what is self, you know, mm-hmm. and that can be quite confusing. Mm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you've got the spiritual self, you know, where we might be a droplet from the great cloud um, and uh, that sits inside there somewhere as well. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, then we've got the kind of the more materialistic sort of stuff of what I own and what I belong and, and, uh, and what I, my status or uh, the roles that I might play. And, um, so how would, you, how would you divvy up self? no Hmm. yeah I think so much comes to semantics as well um in that sense because when so the starting with the kind of manifest level like this dense level body I see body as like the vessel that we that we inhabit and this is like our primary home this is like our first home that we are in so, you know, it, the yoga re- has been for me a practice of appreciating the home that you inhabit and coming to know it, coming to know its patterns, its rhythms, um, the life force that makes it alive. Um, so breathing, pulse, um, you know, the way that the body can move and what it can do. So that that primary home. And then there's the mind, personality, identity, ego, which I feel are all kind of components of one sort of area of the part of ourself that is kind of that next layer of density that we can't really, we can't see, but we we all feel we can relate to a sense that we've got a mind, a sense that we've got an identity, a sense that we've got... Um, you know, a personality, a character. So for me, that's, you know, I'm Sarah, I'm from New Zealand, this is what I do, this is how I live my life, these are the things that I enjoy, these are the things I value, these are the, et cetera. And then for me, there's the next layer of, um, of energy that is less dense, so moving from body, mind, to... Um, a kind of higher energy that I would like to call spirit for now um, as my the spirit that inhabits my body is or my this vessel that I'm in is I, I like your words there of the droplet from the bigger cloud so then I think of like a more collective soul or a collective spirit and then we kind of we all embody you know, some part of that consciousness. Um, the yoga refers to it a lot as consciousness. 
um, which I know in psychology we then, we then talk about the conscious mind as well, conscious self. So again, semantics come into play. But um, I think about that bigger energy or sense of experience as consciousness that flows through you, flows through me, flows through them, flows through there. It flows through every living being and it's not different it's not different and new to me it's the same and that's where we can you know that's what we can kind of we can connect into when we get out of the denser energies not get out of in terms of ignore or separate from but it's sort of you know rather than dwelling just in that space and we tend to in our society and culture because it is measurable. It is something that's tangible and, you know, really I can see your body. You have a mind because you're thinking and speaking. Whereas our our spiritual connection or our a connection to a, an energy that is a much lighter energy and and it's not my own, it's not your, you know, it's the same that flows through and makes us relate, really relate, then um, that, yeah, that is that is a different thing and it's harder for us to connect to because it's, it's less tangible. Mm. Um, and the heavy and light idea um, I, I love because you can really – moment to moment you can just really quickly apply it mm. am i feeling heavy you know does this energy feel heavy right now or am i feeling light and, um and how would you how do you apply that or how do you teach people to apply that or um any mm. tips or mm. so my pat my the, my biggest passion with the yoga space is early morning practice so it's wake up first thing the mind is ideally the most empty and clear so it hasn't been filled up with stuff yet of the day so you wake up and you go and you find that space to just sit with the self and the space that I um, teach in is you know the students are practicing one and a half hours kind of minimum so it's a very ideal space but if that's not possible, which it's not for a lot of people, that's fine. You could just have 10 minutes that you just get up a little bit earlier and you just start your day sitting and observing, feeling where you are, where you are in your body, where you are, where's your mind already, where's it going, you know, and kind of assessing that sense of, you know, am I really oh, here in my body? And my mind's already like going, I can't be bothered. I don't want to do today. Oh, there's all that stuff, things, thinking. Or are you kind of like upright and oh, kind of relaxed and hmm, days open, not really thinking much and just assessing where you're at and getting aware, getting conscious, getting present with where you are. And it's not about making it right or wrong. This is what I always, you know, um, encourage my students to 
It's not about looking in and then going, oh, you're there today, great, good on you, you know, and making yourself wrong. It's about going, okay, that's where I'm at today, let's work with this, you know. And so then it's a matter of going, okay, coming back to those discernments of what's actually helpful here in my thinking or in my approach. Is this actually helping me or is this actually, you know, really just a massive hindrance? Mm. And starting to work with that, it's such subtle work though and it only can come through practice. It really mm. can only come. It can't come from one moment you realise, oh, okay, yeah, I do think myself into a state of doubt and fear a lot. I'm going to change that and then boom, the next day it's going to be different. It's just not. You start working with it and you might have a day where you go, wow, that really worked. I really felt something lift, you know, and I got lighter. Or it doesn't and you stay in it and you're in it for the whole day and, again, that's okay. At least you're starting to notice and look at it. So breath, breath work is always the thread of connection, the thread that connects mind and body but also spirit energy and this vessel that we're in. So it's um, – Always encourage people when you feel yourself in your day stuck or stressing or fearing or, you know, really tired, lethargic, just stop and take a few deep breaths, realign with where you are inside, ask that question, where am I? And trying to just feel where you are in your body. I always tell people to put their hands on their body so that can be a really nice way to just make that contact really make the contact feet on the earth or feet on the just feet on the ground mm -hmm. and it really for me is a process of becoming aware of yourself so that these dynamics become easier to understand it's not that they're not going to doesn't mean that it's going to disappear you know yoga doesn't make you immune to you know, the pain and the challenges of life it does not make you immune. It just enables you with greater awareness and the tools to know yourself, know your patterns, know your tendencies and start to work with that. So there's no real, <laughs> I feel, like trick or little, you know, quick fix. It, it really... I, I really believe in um, practice and process and really trusting the process. Mm. So, you know, yeah, trusting that if you're doing this work of self-awareness and self-reflection, that you will continue to subtly and subtly over time, you'll start to know yourself better and you'll start to be able to you know, shift these patterns and tendencies that we go into and just start to be able to work with them more effectively. Yeah, and just then when you went through that exercise of just being present and witnessing, you know, what is happening in our consciousness and that sort of touching the body, you know, for me that's so powerful. You know, just as you did it, I kind of, as I touched my body, I suddenly realised that I was half listening to you and half thinking about where am I going to go next <laughs> conversation? But it really brings you back to the kind of the here and the now mm. and the, the, the more sensational experience of, mm. of the moments. And um, 
you know, and often, you know, just to kind of come back to why this is so important in the sense of, you know, typically most of our actions are really on autopilot. Mm. You know, where we wake up and we've got this rhetoric of I must do this, I should do this, my tick, 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 get to the end of the day, I've survived, I've nailed it, same again tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> and and that can be in existence, you know, mm. for many of us, you know, for years, decades, for our whole lives. Um, and to kind of move past that uh, to um, takes that discipline and takes that, you know, the, the part of self, you know, that we need to nurture of the discipline to kind of be aware, you mm. know, and an and awareness of of uh, of seeing where we're at, mm. uh, you know, and having helpful tools that we don't have to constantly think am I on the right track am I am I this am I getting a high quality experience or not but just stuff that sort of comes our way you know which is why I think yoga and the the practice of yoga is so amazing because it's you can just turn up you go onto your mat and you you've got a place uh you know safe place it's a place dedicated for coming to these realizations or focus or, or places where we can really learn and grow and then hopefully take into the rest of our lives. Mm. Um, but that the importance of taking that time out um, to, you know, there's a lot of meditation practices or yoga practices even or anything, you know, movement practices or where there's this kind of, almost I kind of see like binge drinking where, mm. you know, it's kind of like the alcoholic going, okay, I'm not going to drink, but, uh, you know, for the whole week, um, but then at the weekend they go nuts, you know, <laughs> and is there actual growth there, mm. you know, and, and we can kind of do half an hour of meditation in the morning, feel fantastic for like five minutes, and then whoop, mm. our kind of um, the self drives in into our experience and and the rest of our day actually isn't even though we've put the practice in and we feel better because we have it hasn't actually had a, a real knock-on effect to how we're living our life and um and there's often this sort of idea of uh, moment to moment or doing things regularly in small doses or you know meditating for a minute every hour you know rather than um 20 minutes every day and how do you find that um that kind of mix of um mm. having a a consolidated practice and time and energy where you can explore more and those but those small bits throughout the day where you can kind of check in or mm. you know maybe you have a, a bracelet or something that reminds you just to kind of check in mm. yeah i i think about so again the an ideal situation for me and for the students that I get to work with is this first thing in the morning um you know come into the space we come into the space together and it's silent everybody sits and has a seated meditation time some breath work and then we move into a sequence of asana and everybody practices the same sequence every day is the same you don't change it. You don't do what, mm, what do I feel like today? I might do a bit of this, might do a bit of that. It's like, you know, do this. Um, sometimes your energy is low, so you do a little bit less. Sometimes you're feeling really energized. You do your whole sequence. And I, I see this time as like training for life. 
it's like the training ground. You know, we call it a practice because it is practicing the tools to be out there in the world. You know, just like if you're you know, a sportsman, you, you have your training each week. You don't just turn up for the game. Maybe you do. <laughs> don't know how well that goes for you. <laughs> but, you know, it's this, it's training so that we can then take it off our mat and into our day. And this process I think is really, really valuable because I see it like a metaphor for life where we rock up on the mat in the morning and we're with whatever experience we're with. We might be heavy in the body. We might be really, really active in the mind or really lethargic in the mind. We might be um, you know, super energized in the body and just you know, already thinking about halfway through the practice or the to-do list for the day. We're way ahead of ourselves. So the practices get present, so breath, just one big breath in and out. Here, okay, what am I doing right in this moment? Okay, I'm doing a sun salutation. Here it goes. Be with that movement. Be with that moment. Feel into the fullness of what's there. Then that ideally goes with you out there. So... When you're doing, you know, you're making breakfast and you got to feed the dog and someone's also calling you and you're also trying to read the newspaper and, you know, someone's at the door and there's all this stuff going on and you're trying to do it all, you know it's not effective, we can maybe just take that breath. What am I doing right now? Right in this moment. Okay, just do that. Cool. Now this. Okay, now this. You know, and so it's this kind of finding your method within the chaos and that really is the yoga practice in an early morning space where this is the foundations of your day. This is where you're setting up your day. So it's like, all right, here I am. Where am I? Finding the tools to connect, which is the movement, the breath, the stillness. And the final part of the practice, the shavasana, that that full, full letting go of it all, letting go of the body, letting go of the breathing consciously, letting go of the mind and just letting it all be. And so I see that metaphor of life play out for people on their mats. So the way they do their sun salutations, the way that their um, you know, movement is, the way that their breath is, the way that they move really, really quickly or move really, really slowly or move, you know, like this or like that. It's just a direct reflection of how they are in life. You know, that person that goes, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, they're probably moving through life exactly the same, like moving from here to here to here to here. The person who's like, oh, I really can't be bothered being here today. I just wish I was in bed. It probably finds it really hard to get through the day and to find the motivation to action anything. So again, it's like, okay, I know this tendency now in me to be a bit lethargic, to be quite heavy in my energy. So working with tools, more inhale breath, which gives more energy, rising energy. Um, the person that's got lots of energy needs more exhale, more calming, more soothing, more grounding. So it really is working with an individual, finding where they're at and their constitution, what's made up them and their mm. conditioning. And then I try to really offer what's most relevant for them to work with. So that person that's really up 
you know, feel your feet, remember to exhale, you know, remember to get down in your body, feel your body, hands on body. The person that's really heavy and here, you know, lift your heart, breathe up into your heart space, you know, relax up here, get so awareness more upward in the body. Mm. Um, but I, that checking in with self, I think through practice of something that allows you to connect and, and it might be just even stepping outside in the morning and standing under a tree and just being there for five minutes minimum and just being there. And then through your day, remember that space, you know, let that space go with you into the day. So it's that checking in with self is, is vital because if you're not doing it, who is, you know, if you're not taking care of where the actions of life, parenting, working, everything, where is that coming from? If we're not aware of that and taking care of that, then it can be quite empty action you know, it can kind of have not much effect mm. when, you know, that coming back inward, checking inward, and then actioning can be a lot more effective. Yeah. Mm. So what are the moments for you that you've had where you have, maybe they've been intense or peak experience or whatever, but you have just lost self and you felt so in the moment and so free to kind of operate without... You're talking about those self-limiting beliefs and, you know, we've all grown up in a culture and an environment and we've absorbed stuff from our parents and those around us and all the rest of it. And we've all got them in some shape or form and those scripts kind of are inherent and they form so much of what we do. But there's also those moments where we can be free of them, you know, and um, and just curious um, to sort of ask you, what are those moments for you where you felt really free of of your kind of self the limiting parts of self mm. um dance is the fir the first like really poignant one that comes up for me dance and nature um so when i dance i can feel i i, I attend a regular um ecstatic dance space so it's conscious dance um so a room full of people, no talking, no shoes, there's no drinking or anything, it's just dance. It's um, it's the dream. And for me, sometimes I can rock up to that space and feel like I'm like, oh, worried about other people's thinking or, you know, what I might look like or some of that will be there. And very quickly I can just let that go. Like I just can get out of it just through the embodied experience of dance I let I let the music take over I let the rhythm take over and I can just fully fully immerse into my body and into the flow and into a communion with spirit um time out in nature on my own and so silence again I, for me it's spaces where the dense energy is not happening so the so talking, um, being told what to do. So like a guided guided dance would be quite different. You should be very, you know, focused on what you're trying to perform. Um, this is like fully just free flow movement. Um, and being out in nature on my own, I feel really, um, I just, I feel really connected to the sounds around me, to the movements. 
um, to my feet on the earth, moving through nature. Um, and then yoga, definitely I can experience that within yoga, but not every day, not all the time, because that's part of the practice and the dynamic is working with the elements mm. that come and go. Mm. Yeah, finding those struggle points and working to to see them as opportunities rather than obstacles. And, exactly. And that learning and growth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, interesting. And when you're in that kind of dance and that, um, that what I would probably call intuitive movement where you're, mm. There's there's no thinking and then doing. There's just being mm. and expressing. And um, mm. how does that feel for you? What are like some of the descriptions of that? Mm. I feel whole. Like I feel so full. Like just fulfilled. You know, it's like this. There's no fragmentation of things going on. I'm not like aware of that person over there and what my body's doing here and what's happening here. I'm just fully, fully in it. Just And that feels so wholesome and full. I feel free, really free, really liberated. There's nothing holding me back, holding me down. It's just completely open space for expression, yeah, to just let it, let it come through. Um, you're not trying you're not striving. You're just you're just allowing and being in that time and space. Um, yeah, I feel it's it's like it's like a dream space for me. I feel so joyful, just like it, and the word it gets called ecstatic dance. And it, it, you know, when I really get to reach that space, because again, it's not always. Sometimes when I you carry your baggage in, it stays with you a little bit. Um, but when I can reach that space of freedom, um, it is, it's, it's ecstatic. It's this feeling of just full aliveness through the entire body through, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I feel like, um, when all of this, these lower parts of our energy system are, um, we're not so stuck in that um, and we like can kind of free up that central channel of our energy it's like we you know we really can open up to something bigger than us as well so I feel when I when I'm in that dance space or when I'm out in nature it's like the world doesn't feel massive and foreign it feels like I'm one with it like there's just this yeah mm. oneness just that oh, really um, harmonious kind of feeling mm. Mm. yeah and often in those experiences you know I hear a lot of people say that there's a deep sense of connection mm. there's um, this energy is free flowing there's a kind of an innate personal wisdom that mm. seems to kind mm. of come out my expressions um, are so forth and when we're able to find that internal harmony and flow of consciousness we we become powerful not in a kind of a um, a control way but in like an em empowering uh, mm. way where mm. we we utilize I guess you know who we're who we're kind of born to be or mm. you know who we're meant to be without the kind of the, 
the grips of, of the self that tie us down each day. Thank you. Yeah, and we covered so much today from uh, from parts of self to to death to life to letting go and and so forth and um, and really in simple terms the opportunity mm. that comes from letting go of self and surrendering parts of self that um, either consciously or unconsciously limit our experience and and not just our own experience but the world that we live in and um thank you very much for your your presence um i know you run a an amazing yoga practice and people can find you um or how can people find you who might want to come practice with you um is this way is the website so yoga with sarah um if you just google yoga with sarah or it's www.yogawsara.com and all the information's on there, contact details. Great stuff. And Sara's S-A-R-A. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Cameron. It's a pleasure. Cool.